Yeah, okay. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Great Intentions podcast, where we explore the intricate journey of parenthood in the digital age. Uh, let's be self-critical. The first order of business is that you gonna critique our podcast. <laughs> yeah, where does it suck? Where is it good? What could be better? What could be worse? Uh, is it entertaining or is it only for you and me to have fun? Which uh, it's like one of the greatest motivations is to just have fun. I right? think so too. I think the, the, the fact that we like it is the best um, validation <laughs> for the project in general. But then what I learned from listening to it, I tend to not finish my sentences. I sort of build up to an argument and then just before I want to make some sort of point, I somehow move on to the next thing. I think still the two topics, let's say the digital environment we live in and the, 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 our, our life as parents, they feel mm -hmm. sometimes still quite separate. We really move from the one thing to the other thing and they don't intertwine as much as I thought that would happen when we started podcast. I see. Is it, do you think that is because it's so separate the experience of having like a newborn baby and having three yeah. kind of, uh, I mean, yeah, your kids are way older than my kids. No, so no, I no, that, I think that's not the thing. I think that our practices are very much still very separated from I our am. family life. And oh, there's yeah, not so sure. man, many moments that, the, let's say, the impact of the digital uh, mm. culture or digital uh, environment really enters this, this parental uh, problems yet so much, except for screen time, obvious screen time things. Sure. That makes sense in some way. I'm trying to think how it makes sense. In a way, it's the question how much of work is work and how much work is like your life you know because when you start out you think like i mean the like the desire to make things and like get on with things is everything and anytime someone critiques your work it's like super personal because it's like they're critiquing you as a person mm -hmm. but then the more you work and the more experience you get the more you understand also at least for me the more i've understood that while it's a very important part of my life, it's also a job, you know, it's mm -hmm. like a job. So then it's also possible to go home after, let's say, quote unquote, a work day mm -hmm. and not necessarily be completely consumed by it, you know. Although while it's still pretty much continuously on my mind somehow, but still it's more, you create more distance between the work and your personal life in some sense, you know. So maybe that's a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, could be. Yeah, is it also that? Uh, could it also be that because you have a child, you have like a, a an, uh, more distance to your work? Mm, totally, I think it, it's like in the sense that the child becomes instrumentalized in getting a break from work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. so the child provides a natural break from work. Indeed, yeah, which it's like. A, it's a really positive thing, I think, in mm -hmm. some sense. It's really, like, nice to not having to do, like, 
uh, I mean, it's like fun most of the time, you know. So, I I think so. And maybe but, well, the other thing that I could that would be nice if you find sometimes themes or topics that we use in our work on our artistic practice, mm-hmm. if they would be somehow applied to or um, be be really rooted also in family life. But I somehow hoped when we begin, our hope and that makes it really big. But uh, I, I, what I would be nice if somehow elegant they would that would be more intertwined, elegant every now and then. I mean, sure, I understand. I understand the vision, but then I think um, <clears throat> uh, maybe that also comes later. Yeah. And to say that it's not connected, it's also not true because for sure it's there's a strong connection with the things I'm interested in or like whatever critiquing certain sort of ideologies coming out of a like techno utopian idea mm-hmm. from Silicon Valley, like West Coast US and like the way in which you at least in the way in which I imagine uh, raising my kids in mm-hmm. like inspiring or instilling a sort of healthy dose of criticism yeah. uh, or like a skepticism towards all uh, novel technologies etc I totally. think that's totally there yeah. it's just not so explicit yet yeah exactly. and on the other hand to somehow make a uh, how to say it like to instrumentalize your children or your child into your practice also doesn't feel accurate <laughs> like no, true. and also then like work is personal but it's also there's a limit at least in my work yeah. of like how much of like my personal life I include in in the work because I it, like there was always this funny critique of artworks during the time at Ritfeld that if it's too personal it's just therapy and then yeah. if it's therapy it's not it's not particularly I no. mean it doesn't mean it cannot be engaging to an audience but it's most of the time very like navel gazing you know you just like yeah, make all sort of but 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 maybe what I guess more is like if you if we we as artists somehow try to have or we have like a critical stance towards West Coast digital culture whatever you how you framed it just a second ago yeah, uh, yeah. which really involves like an idea about what the future would look like how we want mm. to be surrounded with the technology mm. at the same time our children are the future so they are really aligned in that sense there are two let's say two very important things mm. that, that we consume ourselves uh, that we are consumed with during the, mm. the week that both mm. really have their anchors into the future mm-hmm. but they don't seem to elegantly align in our conversation so much yet that's maybe what i mean I mean, I think the raising a kid is much more uh, complete in a way. Yeah. Like it includes everything, like like the full gamut of human emotions and complexities yeah. and differences and learning and not. And then the technology is like, I mean, it's better. My secret hope is what it comes down to somehow <laughs> in yeah. relation between uh, children, raising kids, technology. It's like iPhone use. Mm-hmm. Like this is somehow where it ends up. And my secret yeah. hope the other day was that by the time my kid is like hitting teenage years, there will be no smartphones anymore, but they will have been replaced by something else. Because then I don't mm-hmm. have to feel bad about using my phone in his presence. You know? yeah. Because then I didn't mess up his behavior. Because then there is no smartphone. Then there's some other like strange. Oh yeah, if one has acute uh, good ears, one can hear a crying yeah. baby in the background. Yeah, can you hear? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's uh, just saying hi. 
you know he's be like hello <laughs> how are you doing? hey but but um <laughs> Coming back for, from the last episode, there was this uh, oh. super nice question from one of our listeners who oh, asked, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who asked uh, whether it is okay to leave uh, a newborn baby for uh, mm-hmm. a little bit over a week or something, like about a week. And mm-hmm. um, that happened or not? I mean, yes, it happened. Uh, the the secret top secret listener also <laughs> happens to be my partner, and she had uh, like had to go away for work yeah. for six days, no, like five six and a half days, days. and then there was a endless d- complication in the decision making of everybody going or she going by herself because it was a pretty long trip. It would have been like fifteen hours, sixteen hour trip with like jet lag and stuff. Then we opted in the end for uh, she going by herself because then also it's easier to focus on work and stuff. And I solo parented for a week-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how was that? That was very intense, but also very nice, but very intense. Uh, But also very nice, but also very (laughs) intense. I think I can go on this loop. No, but it's uh, in summary, uh, what what your answer was at the time to answer the question was that it's good for for the father to like learn or whatever or like not learn but to have moment for bonding separately mm. right yeah. like that there's some sort of sensation of increased responsibility because it's only on you which is true it is for sure uh, I can say now after the fact that that's totally how it works like as soon as it's just you and and baby it's very different than being two parents being one parent when you're one parent it's all on you if something happens to your baby it's your fault so you better make sure the baby is happy and fine um yeah it's important and then secondly um it's pretty uh, tiring to be honest yeah. to care for a baby non-stop for yeah. uh, five and a half days because you don't get a break yeah. and uh, my solution to that was to just go to bed super early yeah. and I mean I think it's nice that I say this now as I can hear my baby crying in the background because <laughs> it's somehow <laughs> uh, it increases the intensity somehow yeah. um, but uh, the conclusion is also in the end of the day I think it was a mistake not to travel together because it oh, would have really? been quite nice yeah hmm. at least it felt like that the first two days and then it became a little bit less like a mistake and then like on the fourth day I was like ah, it's fine and but it's also not a mistake like, that you could could it's something no. you could easily do the other uh, like next time in a different way you know yeah. I mean to- totally true and I also yeah. think it's it's nice and it's also empowering to understand that it's possible to do this yeah. to be like the like the caretaker full time and it's but if like I hear you correct it felt a little bit like a marathon it was like really exhausting and like if I read between the lines it's like I mean I can imagine a baby is also different than a a young kid and it's not a top yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean he's he doesn't go to daycare you know there's like no babysitter because uh he not yet so then it's like yeah hang out with parents but it was nice we went out for many walks we hung out but it it's like uh yeah. Poo, yeah. It gets different I, I mean, when he's when he's going to ask you questions and you really get you can go on an adventure oh. together somehow you can explain things then you have oh, for then sure, it's a yeah. different week yeah Totally. It's also kind of silent. I mean, there's lots of caring and not so much 
conversation and not so much um, yeah, interaction. I mean, it's very much on a, on a, let's say, on a physical level, of course, but not so much on a intellectual level. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, what I understood also is like, uh, like in a way, it's an interesting insight because I know many new time parents, in particular mothers, and I know from um, friends in Sweden who get maternity leave for 12 months, the mother, the total is 18 months, but six are reserved for the father. They uh, very often I've heard from them that it's very lonely and quite boring. Boring is maybe not fair, but lonely. And because there is no exchange in that sense. Of course, there's a, a sort of some type of communication going on and you get a lot from a baby because they're like so mm. cute and yeah. so funny. And like, but after a few days, you also it's like you don't want to be like in the zoo for the whole week although the animals are really cute right yeah for sure so it's so my solution to that was to just call lots of friends and then that was also quite nice and then you facetime with grandma and you facetime with grandpa and you facetime with uncle and you facetime with aunt and then like you have that but i mean it's inter for sure interesting insight uh today however i'm hyper tired i think i wanted to talk about that actually and it's a good segue because it's basically the same topic like uh uh it's gonna get better right like mm -hmm. this fatigue and sleep deprivation yeah, yeah, yeah. because today i woke up uh, today it's currently like uh my time one o'clock i woke up at five this morning and i've been awake since five because my son decided that he would make an enormous poo at five o'clock and then he needed a complete change of outfit because his nappy was leaking and then he was just like hello here i am entertain me and I was like, okay, let's go. And then uh, I'm so tired now. So uh, I wanted to ask you in your experience, number one, do you remember this? Yeah. Because I have like partial amnesia where I don't remember negative things. And to be yeah. honest, there's not many negative things, but you only remember the positives, which is super nice. Two, yeah. I hardly remember like two months ago what it was like, mm -hmm. because it's like your frame of reference continuously updates. So that's my two questions to you. Do you remember anything of your kids being like three months old, four months old? Yeah, no, two weeks? no, that's very weird. I think it's it's a mechanic. It's sort of a survival mechanic. I think for me, it was like one big, it's still, if I think back about it, it's one big blur where I also had like lots of resistance against my new responsibility. But I was very young, eh? it's different. Mm. Uh, but I felt a lot of... Um, uh not per se doubt but resistance i knew that i had to do it and i did it but i didn't want to do it something like this uh. <laughs> yeah. i think that's the more the most uh, and i wanted to work and i couldn't do it uh, as much as i wanted to that that's a bit but that's the rationale but if i really think back about the feeling of that period it's very blurry it's really mm -hmm. i don't have so much like lively memories of those very early days of the first child. No. Mm. And Except it's also for the before things that are photographed. Uh, yeah, exactly. Think, I was just yeah. going to go to that. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like right now we take like a million pictures every day, yeah. you know. So there's at yeah. least a like there's a historical record yeah. that it happened. It was just not a dream, you know. It's like it's, it's actually there. a super interesting topic. And I think maybe also our iPhones there, maybe technology really comes into play. I somehow mm. have the feeling that this whole new sort of journaling or like uh, documenting vibe that we have. I don't know whether it is that good. It also gives like a very specific 
because you make only happy photos somehow mm. or like cute photos you hardly ever photograph your kid like crying like out loud super maybe you do it but it's something that my children <laughs> find a bit weird when i did that and also mm. friends thought it strange that i photographed them crying out loud really or making films of this but mm. it is kind of because yeah i don't know what to say about it, but i have the feeling there's something wrong about like uh consolidating your memories as much as we do with this uh with this uh especially these young boards because i think it's not for nothing that you forget about all all of it there's also a certain sort of uh, stamina required and also the fact that you forget all these things of two months ago i think it's also not for nothing it is kind of a pretty intense time i mean it's true yeah and it's also but it's also i think my theory is because the the frame of reference is continuously moving mm -hmm. like with the newborn that the first week the baby behaves this way and looks like this but then like four weeks later most of the behavior is totally changed and the baby doesn't look much i mean of course for sure correlated but looking totally different you know? yeah. and they're born they're like their eyes are closed you know like they don't open their eyes for like a bunch of days and then so already that is like a massive difference and then, so then, because the frame of reference keeps shifting and sliding, it's really hard to anchor your memories because there's no like continuous point of reference that remains, you know, yeah. somehow. But then coming back to the journaling, I think there are many people who would intensely disagree with you, yeah. including lots of therapists and psychologists, yeah. etc. Yeah, to say like, okay, true. journaling is like the key to happy life because you get to sort out all your thoughts and blah, blah, blah. But that is a journaling in the sense of writing down text. Yeah, but I think really that's like different. a diary. You know? I can imagine yeah. that because that's a little bit like dreaming or maybe, maybe the same function as dreaming that you somehow sort your, your order, your thoughts, you know, but then maybe more in a rational way, you somehow yeah. really make sense of the things you you create goals like implicit goals like without knowing really i think that is i can totally relate to that but just all this photographing and just put them in the iCloud and mm. or whatever they go i don't know about this <laughs> also i don't know about like we, i think we discussed this earlier right now like apple also had this journal app out this week where you somehow mm. automatically combine your notes with your photographs and your podcasts that you listened and like everything you basically consumed on your phone becomes like sort of a good become an automated journaling app and i can i really see the value of this mm. but i also and you can really see it up like being connected with siri and somehow it becomes your your coach and your partner in in like uh, your in, in your digital or maybe in your life mm. but, uh, it's know. like you're building your own ai knowledge yeah. base right yeah, so yeah, then yeah. in the end when siri Siri gets like an upgrade because I have to say Siri is so stupid. Yeah. Then, like in comparison to other current AI assistants, then you can just ask like, what it's was painful, my thought? Yeah. What did I think about like two years ago? Yeah. But I mean, I understand the criticism is like similar to what you see in Instagram, which is the projection of like, I mean, it's the life design, like design mm -hmm. your life the way you yeah. want it to be because it's curated, you know? Like there is very little, I mean, for sure, the happy and pointless influencer travel content, like, oh, look at me, I'm in Bali, look at me, I'm in the Maldives, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's like 
far outweighs the negative ones, which mm. is odd because the algorithm for sure favors complaining and fear and anger over like happy pictures. So it's strange. But I mm. agree with you in the sense that uh, what you have to do, I think, is to go into particular TikTok trends where you see people really struggle because that's like the counter <laughs> like the counter to this perfect life design. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think it's more what it does to what it does to one's self-image indeed. And I'm sure like, you know, how many times it's been discussed uh, that social media leads to like teen depression, etc. Mm -hmm. Because you are confronted with this like perfect life of all the perfect people and everything is that. And then you conflate that and think that that's reality while obviously it's not. Although the latest yeah. research yeah. showed that most of that, those previous research were incorrect. And actually social media did not lead to teen depression. So I suppose the jury <laughs> is still out. But you can imagine, and I imagine this, that aspect is for sure, let's say, we can summarize this as problematic. <laughs> because yeah. if I think about it, I have almost no picture of my son crying. There's some video here and there, but very few. So then in the way, if I go back in like this, he's like uh, 16 weeks yesterday. Yeah. So almost four months. If I go back those four months, there's, it's not a, a, a it's not a objectively true picture of what happened. No. But it's a picture of how I remembered it. You know? Yeah, how Most, you will remember it. Finally, it will be like this also, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the most happy, happiest time of our lives. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is true. I'm not so sure, but what would the alternative be? I think so it's the super nice is... to 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 or photograph less, or also photograph or film like the crying in detail. Mm. Really zoom into the into the desperation a bit. It's <laughs> mm. <laughs> true. No, there. Yeah. Well, I have one picture rule. Uh, I mean, it's like a bit not so nice, but I have one picture of a, uh, uh, like a leaking nappy, leaking diaper, <laughs> yeah. which bled through three layers of clothes and created a ring of grossness around the belly. So yeah. there is a picture like that, but the picture is blurry, but I can mm -hmm. still make out what's on it. And what yeah, I thought yeah. also about like the, 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 like being like a young parent or parent in general is often about like sort of recognizing patterns or creating a pattern that somehow is comfortable for all the members of the, of the family and a rhythm or a uh, structure. And uh, I can imagine that if you are, uh, what, what I always imagine, uh, what I always experience when, for example, my partner is not uh, in, the, in the house for a few days, that we find new patterns. Mm. that we find new things ways of doing things and mm -hmm. uh, that we all enjoy this this uh, or are i personally also enjoy this new kind of sort of new and then at the moment that uh, my partner comes back then it's often not such a nice coming <laughs> back because she has them to adapt or find their way into this new pattern or this new um uh, mm -hmm. mode uh mm. I, it's interesting. I mean, in my experience, it's true. There's not that many patterns yet in terms of solidifying long-term behaviors and stuff because everything is so new. But what I would say is like being by yourself, it's, it's easier to establish, was easier to establish a routine. 
Mm-hmm. Because at the moment, normally when we're together, we just like, I take care of a baby for a bit and then I pass it to my partner and then we go back and forth. And then it's like, uh, it's not always easy to understand exactly what state the little guy is in. Like, although we do our best in trying to communicate this. And in the beginning, it's very simple. It's like, okay, how long ago since he ate? Did he do this? Is he tired? Whatever. But then when you when I'm by myself, because then it's, I know everything that happened. So I know basically, okay, so it's this cycle of like, wake up, eat, play, play by himself, fall back asleep, mm. you know? Yeah. And it's like a circuit. It just goes around and around like this. And you didn't and change when, any of that? No, because it no. works so well. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? And then, of course, not always, it's not always that clean that yeah. it's like going to be like that because you do something or you disrupt it and stuff. But mm-hmm. Uh, for sure, it's quite easy once you get a grip on the flow of things to just stay in it because it's never everything is known. You have like perfect information, you know. Yeah. Whereas when you're two, you have imperfect information, and then it's more difficult yeah. to understand. But I see. Uh, yeah, and you also <laughs> yeah. in the notes. I also see how to deal with seeing your children in pain. That's yes, also yeah. an interesting uh, thing. Maybe yeah. also in relation to this. I mean, yeah, because so like the reason why I wrote that down is because after this recording, we have to take him to the GP for his third dose of vaccinations in the UK, which is on week 16, which is two. It's like a lot. It's like eight vaccines in one go. And it's the third time he does it. And last time he did it four weeks ago, he was so unhappy because he was in so much pain because he gets first stabbed in one leg and then he gets stabbed in the other leg. And then today he's going to get like meningitis B vaccine, which always gives you a fever. So then he's going to be knocked out for two days. So it's really unpleasant to see him in this because it's a different type of cry, right? Like also when they're small. Like proper crying, proper yeah. pain. It's like this does not feel good. Proper panic. And the and this the third time and the first time was not so bad. He cried for like I don't know twenty seconds and then he was like, okay, it's fine. Second time was worse. It was like crying for a bunch of minutes. So he gets more and more aware of what's going on. So today it's gonna be worse than last time. So how do you do it? Yeah, <laughs> what's the way to deal with it? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah tell yeah. me tell me the secret mm. so it's not it's not about like you you don't have doubts about vaccinations in general right it's more that you no 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 no, no, yeah. no okay no doubt no doubt no. about the vaccines for sure no, like i more... don't want him to die of polio or measles yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no way yeah yeah no i think in general we are parents compared to the other parents in our gener- in our my generation friends i think that we somehow are considered also by other parents maybe a bit more um uh tough we I somehow do. really i think that we are like there's lots of uh friends of me or or, or see, i see around that uh, around me that the parents somehow really try to make it as comfortable as possible for for their children mm. which is a good thing i think but somehow and i think it has to do with the fact that we got them quite early that mm. i always felt that they somehow became uh part of my life of our life you know we somehow mm-hmm. entered each other's lives rather than mm-hmm. they are my project and i ha- i totally have to take care of them so i'm always after somehow i think it's a bit of the, the default that I, somehow i always make them part of like the yeah I, I really like to 
transfer as much responsibility as possible to them as soon as possible mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. but within the with, within of course of course what fits whatever fits in their in their life i'm not going to give yeah. them responsibilities they cannot handle but once they get this responsibility and they often also like it i also really somehow uh, find it important that they live up to it then and then if that's somehow that of course sometimes is like a complicated matter and then i don't really feel so much um I mean, I feel empathy, but I don't really try. I not try to somehow get responsible out, get responsibility out of the way. And that means also that sometimes they are in pain and they have to deal with it themselves. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that is um, something I sometimes feel that I do different than other. And although I can, I really like to console them, but I don't make it my problem. You see, mm -hmm. so I really try yeah. to make it not a personal thing that I somehow feel that I need to get it away, but I can come with me and I help, I will, uh, mm. oh, I will, um, oh. I mean, you're not going to solve the, you're not going to no. solve their problems. Yeah, basically. Exactly. And that is yeah. a different Which I think, I mean, overall. Dealing with pain. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's a very healthy attitude in general. In fact, like, and I think uh, the kids gain nothing by you solving their problems. Right. Yeah. Because then no, that's you. True. Yeah. Because then you don't teach them how to solve problems. You just teach them to come to you when they have yeah. a problem, yeah. which is like not good. Like, so it's much better to just, I mean, it's also, I think what contemporary parenting books tell you, uh, like, which was not around, I guess, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's like that the empathic, uh, like, uh, what would the translation be? Because I only know the title in responsive parenting. So rather than solving your children's problems, you should yeah. just empath empathize with them and try and understand them. And then like maybe you yeah. can make suggestions, but you should not solve their problems because they gain nothing from that. Like it's I feel I feel the same like in term in like uh, conceptually for sure. This would be the way to do parenting that like the kid can manage because the kid is strong and they learn so fast that it's like yeah. to remove frustration only sabotages or only creates more frustration in the future you know mm -hmm. like you have to like learning new things can be very frustrating when it doesn't work the way you want it to work but if but like the key is to be patient or have tenacity and just continue and continue so in that sense but i don't know if that applies to a 16 week old baby no, who will no, cry like not. crazy no, no, because baby love. don't understand you know no, so, yeah true yeah it's know. a different thing no but i for example what i also like a thing where it somehow i often feel this is for example when i visit my friends and they often have a little bit younger kids mm -hmm. and then i start a conversation with uh with a, let's say a six or seven year old and i just like to mm -hmm. have a conversation with those kids and i ask mm -hmm. them what's the name of your uh, teacher for example and is the nice teacher and then often i find it's very annoying that then the parents start to answer these questions for them Mm, yeah. Where I think it's super nice to have a conversation with like a, a, a six or seven year old. I really enjoy it often more than even with the, no, not often, but sometimes even more than with the parents because they really, they respond in a way that are, that makes me really curious, really gives me an idea about what it, it's not the, like the correct answer or it's not, it's just how they, they really have this insight in the world in a very naive way. They really look at it with like super curious eyes. 
Anyway, mm-hmm. this is um, this is this is this is something where you where I see that sometimes parents they really I feel then that parents want to protect them from somehow they felt maybe they feel being put on the spot or they just feel okay maybe he cannot answer it as good as as mm. I expect him to uh, or hear her to answer the question. Anyway, this mm. is observation. Mm, that makes sense. It's like the classic. Uh... The classic uh, description of those parents is like curling parents, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you just like you wipe the, like you polish the path forward to make it as easy and least resistant as yeah. possible. But that just sounds like then you're just raising a kid that it will be completely helpless. Like yeah. doesn't understand to anything. It's <laughs> like, ay, ay, ay. But maybe you want to give some names to your, your parents, <laughs> <laughs> shame them, no, or no? No, 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 no. So we live quite a. We we uh, we live kind of abroad, as you know. So my kids they have to cycle to school, and it's kind of far. So uh, it's like uh, 12 kilometers of school. It's uh, it's like a, a long and boring ride. And what my kids often do while cycling, especially the youngest one, uh, she's just started high school. Uh, she talks with strangers while biking. Uh, hmm. Because that somehow makes the, the ride a little bit less uh, <laughs> boring. But mm-hmm. now she wants also headphones to mm. listen to uh, podcasts while, while cycling. Mm. And this has, uh, this is on the one hand, it's kind of nice because it's kind of, you could say it's kind of safe on the one hand. On the other hand, mm. especially in the city, it's kind of unsafe because you don't, you're less aware of the, your, your environment. Anyway, we have this rule mm. to, until the ferry, uh, they are allowed to listen to podcasts because it's very long singular road mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then uh, now it became sitter class like uh, last week and uh, my uh, gay wanted to have like this headphones uh, for sitter mm. class and I thought okay this is AirPods Pro that's what's AirPods Pro <laughs> <laughs> and I thought okay so now I have and, and our our tradition as you might know in sitter class there's like lots of things we can spend whole episodes about sitter class but there's one tradition that means <laughs> that you have to write a poem to every present you give during Sinter class, mm. which I think is super sweet. So I had to mm. come up with a poem about giving a head uh, phones while cycling, um, uh, while cycling. And somehow this poem had to have all these aspects of, uh, of like the complexities that come with that. And mm. I thought, okay, I thought it would be nice to write this poem as a podcast introduction Mm. Mm. (laughs) that that was the starting idea so I thought okay the poem is like something like okay and then I started using ChatGPT to write a podcast intro (laughs) for Mm. for this for this uh, as a sort of as a starting point for the poem and that and what then happened was because I somehow thought about like making a very specific instruction for this podcast intro I also had like lots of ideas that just all of a sudden sparked from that. And I thought, mm. is that something that is a is that I would probably never would have had if I wouldn't have used the the idea of the prompt as a starting point mm. for, for a creative process. And then mm. I thought that 
to isolate that or recognize that as a valuable strategy for uh, brainstorming or developing ideas or somehow putting something just to not even put it in ChatGPT, but just the idea of writing a prompt <laughs> is mm. such a powerful uh, thing because you really have to put everything in there that you want somehow to get out of it. That makes sense. I like it. Uh, also, it reminds me of two things. One, uh, uh, stackoverflow.com, for people who don't know, yeah. it's like a website where you post uh, problems, like programming problems, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. get answers. And it's like the number one place to yeah, look yeah, for yeah. programming problems. Although I think maybe since ChatGPT, it's less commonly used. But nevertheless, I have never successfully managed to post a question to Stack Overflow because of two reasons. One, either the question's already answered or by the process of writing down your problem, you solve the problem yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. by having to be didactic about writing down the issue, like, okay, how can I explain this problem to someone else? Like, okay, I okay, this is the problem, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to do this. It doesn't work because of this and this and this. And when you do that, you just solve it yourself because you understand, oh, I get it. Like, this is what's the problem, so, which is very correlated, I think, in terms yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, so like yeah. the, the key to understanding, to yeah. trigger ideas is writing, like writing, 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 writing. So you, you write down all your ideas, yeah. write everything. Yeah. Tell me. Now, is it possible that because this becomes like a more common exercise, like prompt writing, that also people mm. become more uh, acquainted and more like also uh, uh, trained in uh, in formulating things? I think so. I, I mean, I think definitely it, it's a, I think it's a really good prediction for what the other effects of this endless prompting is. Because when you're trying to, yeah, totally. I think it would make total sense. Also, it makes people write more in terms mm -hmm. of what they're actually wanting to achieve, which I think is, which it's comes back to journaling, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah, a yeah. journal. But it's also funny so because often like the, like the, 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 the chat PT is like presented as something that makes the writing obsolete or makes mm -hmm. writing uh, mm -hmm. like uh, skills even less uh, necessary, where I think it's actually mm -hmm. the opposite in this specific mm -hmm. case. Uh, 100% I agree like uh, for sure because it's also uh, as with everything in this case being good at getting what you want out of a large language model it's not mm -hmm. something that just uh, you have to practice right you have to learn how to formulate these prompts in a way so you know what to get out of it like and I think everybody has their own secret little tricks on how to like prompt chat GPT to behave the way you want to <laughs> by the way I saw on Twitter the other day that chat GPT performs significantly worse in December because it's learned to work less <laughs> from its data set. That's so funny. That's so funny. And yeah. I had this thought about this. That is very much related to this. Because you remember that like some episode ago, we talked about like the idea that if you say, if you want to improve the quality of the results and you say like, if you don't perform well, an innocent person will die. <laughs> remember this? Yeah. And then yeah. that somehow mm -hmm. would stimulate to, 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 to come up with better, that it actually really work, uh, works. And then the Also works thing, to tip yeah. yeah, exactly. The other, that's what I heard today, that if you give like a tip, like if, if you if, 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 the, if you have uh, the winning, th if, you, if you come up with a winning solution, I will give you $100, it will perform better. <laughs> and then I thought, exactly. is it possible that 
these large language models are by default a bit lazy, that they gravitate to the easiest solution. And mm -hmm. that would make it somehow, I don't know what that would mean, but that is, <laughs> that is like such a weird, there's something. And I can imagine that like optimize, optimization for like being effective has a lot to do with being a bit lazy because you want to be effective. Mm, for sure. I think it's true. I think you can uh, like uh, remove the laziness. And I also think there's a difference between laziness because Linus Torvalds quote, guy who wrote the Linux kernel, Finnish dude, who was very supposedly previously super toxic and now has become less toxic. He was always called lazy as a fox. So you're lazy, but you're smart. So actually it's not laziness because you're just trying to find like the most optimal path, you know. But in the, in the case of ChatGPT and all the other large language models, it's interesting then to see how they just copy the behavior from the data sets. So then the way to improve it is to trick it or use all the other lame like incentives, which is just like money. You get more money if you do better. Supposedly, it also works better if you say you yourself have a lot of experience in the field. So if you want ChatGPT to be a marketing researcher or something, you say like, I have been working 30 years in this field. And then like, uh, it's like, and then ChatGPT performs better because supposedly then it has to impress Indeed. the all seasoned pro, you know, it's a bit, I mean, it's a bit, uh, it's so ridiculous in some sense, like how it reveals its own strangeness. And it's like, it's really hard to put your finger on why yeah. it's so strange yeah. because it's, because it's not sentient, you know, and it's no. not s smart. But then, like, if it still falls for those tricks, something in the data has been encoded, like, from our behavior. So then where is where do you draw the line between what it actually is? You know? mm -hmm. Because in some sense, then, and some people are convinced there's some sentience in uh, ChatGPT, which I don't think, I mean, mm. no, there isn't. But then it, I can understand why it feels like that when you get those behaviors. You know? That's very odd. But yeah, I think it's really so nice. So the lesson is that you should, uh, the lesson for anybody who wants to make stuff, which is also the uh, common commonality between many of my friends who are doing like big careers, is that it's like uh, writing, 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 mm. writing. Just write, 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 write. And then from there, all the ideas come. Yeah, then, but there's so, yeah. there's something very funny about the prompt that is different from, for example, a creative brief, where I mm. think often if you uh, if you read a creative brief or like what's it, let's say in, um, in a concept for an exhibition or something, then often mm. people use purposely vague language in order to mm. impress or to somehow leave something open, but actually they often know exactly what they want. But they're not just mm -hmm. not so honest about it because for the, I don't know what are the social dynamics there. But I think with with prompts, often that doesn't really work. You have to be very explicit, or at least that's mm -hmm. how I deal with it. I don't know. Maybe maybe mm -hmm. people are so fake uh, with prompts. But I'm actually super explicit about what I want and what I don't want, and very precise also in my head. Then sort of the boundaries of the of where I want the results to go. And uh, there's something to that. Do you, when you prompt ChatGPT, do you just say like, what's actually, do you have the prompt for the podcast thing? 
because ah, or do you, let me have you, a look. Oh, yeah let me have a look because i would be super curious to see how you prompt and how it differs from how i prompt and then we can see it, like our, yeah, our yeah, top yeah, secret know. prompt skills you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me find i am um, i was just curious because it's like there are so many different uh theories as to how to get the best out of ChatGPT, mm. essentially and i've tested many different things over the last year and i think uh one of them that works really well is just doing that to just be like you are this and this and i am this and this and i want you to do this and this and this and mm. then you can be very specific to like get what you want but then i think uh yeah it's nice it's nice but actually the final question is in this topic did you tell your kid that you use ChatGPT for writing a poem, which should be like one of the most yeah. personal things you do for Sinterklaas? Yeah, you sit I there did. and you write the poems yeah. and you'd be like, oh, I'm so clever. Ha 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 ha. And then now you just outsourced it to ChatGPT. It's an actual outrage, isn't it? Actually, that is a very nice question. And the answer is yes. But I didn't, well, in this case, I didn't do it because I didn't really use it. I only used it in the end for the, for the, for the, for the name of the podcast. And mm. actually, I should have done that. But for the other one, for my daughter of 16, I also um, wrote a poem with, um, with... This is actually how I came onto this whole idea about prompt writing as a quality. Mm. Because I'm, mm. I, I first wrote the, crumb, uh, the, 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 the prompt, and then I got... Mm. Um, the, the poem and I thought ah oh, man the prompt is way nicer than the result so I just gave mm. her only the prompt mm, see that's <laughs> so, nice yeah make so, your own poem yeah right? yeah so I so yeah. I basically I say write a, Sint a Sinterklaas poem for a, for a girl of 16 her name is Dora Kato and she loves anime she has dys dyslexia loves climbing uh, dancing and singing and piano play uh, and playing the piano this year she uh, had to do the year over, but she's doing very well at school. During the doing the dishes, she's singing very hard, uh, very loudly together with her sister. Uh, and there she and when she's uh, done with that, she loves to watch a little bit too much YouTube uh, about making mm. her hair. And mm -hmm. she should be should be going out a little bit more because. Uh, because of her, her, that's better for her health. Also, she should be a little bit nicer to her dad, who loves her very, very much. Mm, <laughs> so very cute. Is, that, so then I realized that that is actually something, some things that I would like to say to her, which is way better if the sort of prompt in itself had a way nicer quality than the um, than the result. And I also included in the end the result, which was also nice. But then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's very cute. Uh, I wonder if I agree that uh, one can watch too much YouTube and that going outside <laughs> is healthy. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think so. I think most people would think so, but uh, I don't know. Like, if you're a teenager, you should be left alone. No, I think. Well, I mean, now, I guess not. Ask me in 15 years. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Great Intentions Episodes 5, in which I said I hardly have any memories of my children as babies, which is complete nonsense, but I guarantee that all was said with the greatest intentions. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app.
See you next time. Bye. Uh-huh.